You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. How we doing? Good. Well, you guys excited to be in the room? A few people are. Introverts are not quite sure yet. And they're like, oh, I haven't seen this many people in a long time. And welcome to everyone online. So good to have you joining us as well, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, I want to let you know that you should do Alpha. Alpha is a great course. And uh, a lot of people think, uh, I've got a few Alpha fans here, great. Uh, a lot of people think that Alpha is just a course for new Christians uh, or p- people who are new to faith. But I want to let you know that it's, it's really not. Alpha is such a great course and there's so much good content and it's presented in such a great way uh, that I would really encourage you to do it. Maybe you, you just want to go deeper in your faith or you've got some questions that you've been wrestling with or maybe you've got people in your world that are wrestling with some questions. Uh, I want to encourage you to invite them along and, and do it with them. Uh, do the journey with them and I know that you'll be really encouraged. I know that it'll answer a bunch of questions you may have and, and really deepen and strengthen your faith. And uh, the good news is it's here in person this Tuesday, 7 p.m. at Botany, but it's also happening online as well. So if you haven't yet registered, grab a Connect card, find the Connect button, and register for Alpha, because it's going to be a great course, uh, and uh, you need to do it. But I want to I preach uh, this morning uh, about, about small groups, about community. Um, and uh, I've got a bit of a confession to make. I'm one of those people who always try and do it myself. Like, I'm terrible at asking for help, always try to do it myself. Whether that's like lifting or moving an object that's way too heavy, then that should be moved by yourself, but you kind of try and find a way to do it. Or, or maybe it's like carrying way too many things and you're trying to open the door with your elbow or like a toe or something, and then you drop it and then you break the eggs and then it's just a bad situation. But I find myself in those situations all the time because I'm, I'm terrible at asking for help. Um, and I think mostly it's because I, just, I feel like it's an inconvenience to people. I don't want to be an inconvenience. But I'm here this morning to preach to you and to preach to myself that it's actually better to do things together. That actually we're better together. Actually that we're meant to do life together in community. Uh, and I, I came across this fictional insurance claim. Well, maybe it's real, but I think it's fictional. Um, but I think it beautifully illustrates the point that we should ask for help. Okay, here it is. I want to read it out to you. It says this. It says, Dear Sir, I'm writing in response to your, your request for additional information for my insurance claim. In number three of the accident claim form, I wrote, trying to do the job alone as the cause of my accident. And you said in your letter that I should explain the statement more fully. I trust the following details will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade, and on the date of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. And when I completed my work, I discovered that I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Uh, So rather than carrying uh, the bricks down by hand, I decided to lower them in a barrel using a pulley system attached to the side of the building at the sixth floor. Uh, Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks onto it. Then I went back to the ground and untied the rope, holding it tightly to ensure a slow descent of the 500 pounds of bricks. You will note in block number 22 of the claim form that my weight is 150 pounds. And due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded up the side of the building at a very rapid pace. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains my fractured skull and collarbone. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent, not stopping until my fingers, the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley. By this time, I had regained my presence of mind and was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of my pain. At approximately the same time, however, the the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom of the barrel fell out, 
devoid of the weight of the bricks. The barrel then weighed approximately 50 pounds. I refer you again to the information in block number 11 regarding my weight. As you might imagine, I began a rapid descent. Down the side of the building in the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the laceration of my legs and lower body. The second encounter with the barrel slowed me enough to lessen my injuries when I fell onto the pile of bricks. And fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I'm sorry to report, however, that as I lay there on the bricks in pain, unable to stand and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. The empty barrel weighed more than the rope and it came down upon me and broke two of my legs. I hope this information is sufficient to explain why trying to do the job alone was the stated cause of the accident. Oh man, how good. And, and as funny as that is, I can see way too much of myself in that story. I can see way too much of myself seeing a job that's really hard and then attempting to fix it myself by creating some kind of mechanism. We really, he should have just asked for help, right? He should have just got someone to help him. Um, and so I've titled my message, May, don't do it yourself. Uh, and uh, I've put several A's in my notes, but for your notes, it's just one A because, you know, spell checks and all that kind of stuff. Mate, don't do it yourself. Um, can you relate? I don't know if you, like me, uh, find yourself in the same position where, where really you should ask for help, but you, it's just it's sometimes hard. Maybe it's sometimes the fact that in order to train someone, to teach someone to do it, it just seems like too much effort or, t- or take too long. Or, or maybe... Uh, you just don't, uh, you feel like the same as me. You feel like it's inconvenience if you have to ask for help or ask somebody to help you. Or maybe you just think you can do it better. There's some people out there and sometimes I fall in that to carry myself. It may be your default, but scripture is blatantly obvious that actually we're, we're designed to do life in community. It's blatantly obvious that we're designed to and created to do life together. And uh, this morning, I wanna convince you that life is better in community, that life is better together. Uh, And when it comes to the the potential of people, there's this one story in the Bible that really just stands out at me, that that kind of man, like, it just really, um, it's so insightful. You may may have read the story before, but I'm going to read it. We're going to read it together. It's in your notes as well on the app, or maybe you've got paper notes. Uh, And it's in Genesis 11. It's the Tower of Babel. And it says this. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. And otherwise we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. And the Lord said this, if as one people, Speaking the same language, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And so the Lord scattered them from all over the earth, uh, and they stopped building the city. The two uh, really simple um, illustrations or observations that I can really see in the story that I kind of want to highlight to you and and kind of talk about a little bit. And, And the first the first thing that, that jumps out at me here is that they had a shared vision. These people had a shared, they had a common focus, a common vision, something that they were wanting to do together. 
They're all wanting to build this city, this, build this tower that would stretch into the heavens or, or skies as the word can be translated. Um, and I, I love what God says. It says, if as, people, as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. There was a unified focus. And focus is something that's incredibly powerful. When we're focused on doing one thing or focused on a plan, we can actually do pretty amazing things. Uh, I don't know if you've ever used kind of a magnifying glass and you've kind of got it in the right position so the sun is kind of focused on the magnifying glass and you can light leaves or light and things like that. Or maybe if you're kind of that way inclined, like ants and things like that. But, you know, like, Focus is something that's very powerful. Maybe like uh, the focus of a laser. Focused energy on a certain point actually can do it, like can cut things or, or even heal, you know, correct eyes. Maybe the focus of, of a surgeon with a scalpel, with, with that intense focus to cut just the right things can actually do amazing things. Focus is something that's incredibly powerful. And these people had a focus. They had a common focus on what they were doing. And when we, as a people, have a unified focus and are focused on doing the same thing, actually, there can be incredibly powerful results. And I love what the Bible says here, that nothing will be impossible for them. As they're on, they're on the same page, they have the same focus. And here at Elam, as a church, we've kind of been on this journey to refining our focus. Uh, to refining our strategy and the way that we do things. We, we've got an amazing vision to reach, serve, and influence, but we, we've kind of been refining it. Like, how, what does that look like? How, how do we do that? How do we achieve that? Uh, and, and I want to invite you to be part of that plan. Yeah. I want to kind of break down that, that strategy or that plan with you and, and invite you to, to, to come on the journey with us, to, to be part of it, because it's not just, this is an all of us thing. And uh, we kind of looked at Scripture and kind of looked at what other churches were doing. We kind of settled on, the, on this journey that we see God taking people through Scripture. And if you look through Scripture, you can, you can see it repeated in a number of ways. And this is the first thing. The first step we think is that lost people need to be saved. Yeah, yeah. Kind of bottom line, that, 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 that's what God's heart is for, for the lost to know Him. Yeah. And it's always been a mandate of our church is that, that we, we would create a place for people to come and know God. That's why every Sunday we give an opportunity for, for people to, to receive Jesus, to come to know him. We, we think it's really important that people should know God. And once people know God, we think it's important that, that, that lost people are pastored. Yeah. It's not just enough to know Jesus and spend eternity with him in heaven, but we really believe that people need to find the freedom they were designed to live in. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says this verse, it says, it is for freedom that he set us free. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, obviously, but when you think about that, it's for, like, God has designed us to live in freedom, but how many of us are really living in freedom? And we really want people to, to find freedom. All of us have junk, all of us have stuff that we carry, but we want to help people to find freedom and live the way that God has intended them to live, designed them to live. And then we want to see pastored people trained. And we believe every single person's good at something. Every single person has got gifts and talents, and we want to help you to unlock that. We want to help you to discover that. We want to help you discover the way that God has wired you. And then we want to see trained people mobilized. We want to see trained people on mission, making a difference in their world. And so we've broken it down into these four things. We, 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 we said that we want people to know God. 
Number one, first and foremost, that they know God. And so that's why we do the services the way we do. We use language so people can understand. We don't use big, necessarily Christianese words. We, uh, every Sunday, we give an opportunity for people to come to know God. We, we want you to be able to bring friends and family who don't know him and for us to give an opportunity for them to come to know him. And, and every, every week, every, almost every service, we see people coming to know God. Number two, we want people to find freedom. Know God, find freedom. And that's what I'm going to talk about in small groups because we really believe that, that life change happens in the context of relationships. Life change happens when, when we're doing life with others and we're able to open up and, and share what we're going through and be encouraged that often other people have gone through the same thing and they've overcome and they can encourage us in that. Number three, we believe that people need to discover purpose. Discover purpose. And so we, we've got a course called the Growth Track, uh, which is starting or has started last week, but it, week two this week, and it's happening right now up in a classroom, uh, and it's happening online as well. Um, growth Track is over four weeks where we help people understand how God has wired them, and, and they can discover purpose. And then last of all, begin to make a difference on the dream team, on the dream team. We want everybody to be part of the dream team and be able to serve in their gifts and come alive and discover the way that God's wired them. And so those are the four things. But I want to major on the second one. I want to major on finding freedom, what it means to be part of a small group. Because when I look at that story, the other thing, the one thing that strikes me is that, that, that unity of focus. But the second thing that strikes me is that they're all connected. There seemed to be a real connection that, uh, you know, they were speaking the same language. They were all together doing this amazing thing. You know, I think community is part of God's design. I think when you read through the, when you read through the Bible, you can't kind of, skim past that. You can't miss it. In fact, the Bible gives many pictures of community. It describes us as believers as a body. A body that's made up of many members, Christ, Jesus being the head, and us being the members. But the thing about a body is that it's like, it's great, but if it's not connected, like if I chop on my finger, it's not, you know, the finger lying on, it's not really going to do anything. So we need to be connected there's many different members, many different functions, many different giftings, many different personalities. But when they're connected, man, that's when amazing things happen. That's what it's all about. It, it describes, uh, it calls us the church. And uh, often we think of church, we think of a building. But actually, biblically, a church is actually the gathering of believers. It's a group of people. It's when we gather together. And that, that's why it's so important that we're gathering together. And I'm thankful for online that we can still connect online and gather together. But man, we can't replace this. We can't replace us as believers coming together and worshiping and, and doing life together. You know, the truth is, is that we can't find freedom on our own. As much as we try, as much as we try to figure out ourselves, actually, we can't find freedom on our own. Freedom comes when we do in life with others. I love what it says in, in the book of James, uh, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Look at that. Like when, when we share with each other, when we pray for each other, that's when we receive healing. There's, when we're able to take off the mask and really share what's happening in our life, that's where we can find healing. Life change happens through a process with the right relationships. I mean, Sundays are awesome. Sundays are amazing. But, but life change happens in the context of, of relationships. We have an amazing pastoral team here, but actually our strategy and our, our, our plan for pastoral care is actually through small groups. It's actually through people having a bunch of people who know them, 
who know what's going on, who are able to show up to help them move, show up to pray for them, show up to bring them meals when maybe they have a baby or the people that are there that, that know what's going on in their world. You know, our pastoral team is amazing. But if our pastoral care was simply limited to, to those people, we'd be able to do very little. But the amazing thing about small groups is that we can not only have people released in their giftings, because all of us have, are gifted. We really believe that every single person's a minister, that God's empowered all of us to minister. And there's some people who are amazing at caring for people. I'm pretty average, to be honest. Like, I'm not great caring for people. My wife tells me that I'm not very uh, empathetic. But, um, but there's some people who are amazing at, uh, at caring for people. And when we can empower those people to do it, not only are they coming alive in their giftings, but we can also care for so many more people. And so that's what it's all about. I mean, Sundays are amazing. Sundays will inspire you. Sundays will fire you up. Sundays will encourage you. Sundays will give you maybe fresh hope. But it's really in a small group where you will grow. It's really in a small group where true life change will happen. It's really in a small group where you'll find freedom doing life with others. Because life's really not meant to be done alone. And it's, I want to encourage you to, to, to join a small group. And I think if there's anything we've learned from 2020 is that isolation isn't good, right? Being by ourselves isn't good. But being with others is so important. And uh, I had a dream last night that uh, I was speaking to Pastor Mike Griffiths and then I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be the story I finished my message with. And then I, I woke up and I couldn't remember what the story was. It was so frustrating. Do you, do you ever hate that when you have like a dream and then you're like, it was a great dream, but yeah, what happened? Oh, I have no idea, I can't remember. But there was this one story that I, I kind of felt to share. And uh, like many others, Abby and I, my wife, we, we had, a, had a dream to own our own home. And we, some of you know, we, we spent six and a half years up in Whangarei. And we thought, man, surely, you know, we'd buy a house in Whangarei. And we tried many times and didn't, didn't, really, didn't really work out. And, and so we, we ended up asked to move back down Auckland. We're thrilled. We're stoked to be back in Auckland. I love Auckland. This is our home, so our family. And, uh, but we kind of let go of that dream moving to Auckland. Uh, you can imagine why. Um, and, we kinda, and then I remember, I think it was the first anointing Sunday we're here, or maybe the second and uh, we came up front, and uh, Pastor Steve prayed for Abby and I, and maybe he had a word for us that, you know, he thought that, that this year was going to be a year we got our home. He said, you know, as you faithfully built God's house, he will build yours. And we're kind of like, oh, that's, that's awesome. You know, that would be cool, God, but kind of impossible. <laughs> like, it's probably not really going to happen. Um, and sure enough, almost a year to the day, we had, we'd signed on a new home, uh, and just Last week, we, we ended up moving into our home, um, which is just amazing. But the thing that kind of struck me, thinking about that story, is, is, is I was so aware that it was God, but it was also so many others. Yeah. There were so many others that encouraged us. Pastor Steve gave us a word. There was there's, there's people uh, that gave to us financially, which just blew us away and was a massive blessing. Even our, our developers have been generous. They're, they're a Christian couple. They've been generous to us. And and even on moving day, I kind of sat there and had all these people show up to help us move and to clean and that, drive trailers. And my dad helped me build the shed and, and people look after our kids and people made me coffee. And like, it was, just, it was just amazing. And I was just so thankful that I could be part of a community of people 
who when you need them, they're just there, yeah. right? Yeah. They just come around you. And it was just so amazing to see and kind of just really blew me away to think, man, like I'm only here and only in this position because of others. Because my life is richer because of others. Uh, and, and it just so reminded me again, man, don't do it yourself. Yeah. Ha- allow others to come into your world. Yeah. And get yourself in others' world. Be a blessing to others. I love what the word says. It says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Yeah. And man, my life is such a testimony of that. That, 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 that as I've just kind of stepped out and, and done what I can and served my gifts, that God is... God has used others to refresh me as well and our family. And I've I've just been so blessed by that. I want to encourage you today, if you haven't joined a small group, take that step. And I know that it can be a big step. I know that it can be intimidating. Or maybe you've been part of a small group and for whatever reason it hasn't worked out. I want to encourage you to take that step again. And maybe you take the step and you find yourself in a small group and it doesn't quite fit. That's okay. Try another one. I think it's important that we do find one that, that, that kind of makes, that kind of fits with us, with people we connect with, that we have chemistry with, that kind of speak the same language, so to speak. Small groups are so important. And maybe you're here today and you're like, oh, I don't really need a small group, you know. I've got some good friends around me. I'm in community. Can I challenge you that, that maybe you joining a small group isn't for you, but it's for somebody else? Right. Maybe you joining a small group is, is actually going to create a space for somebody else to find community. Maybe you sharing your story or your wisdom or, or what you carry is actually gonna be a blessing to someone else. And in turn, you'll find yourself refreshed because you've refreshed others. Because you might find yourself in this position thinking, oh man, this is amazing. I get to serve my gifts. I get to do what God's called me to do and I'm blessing others. I'm like, why didn't I join a small group before? You know, small groups are amazing and Our plan only works if we're all on the same page. If we're all part of people knowing God, all part of people finding freedom, all part of people making a difference, all all part of people discovering their purpose. No, it's the other way around. If we're all in this together, all in this plan, all have this unified focus, actually, man, I know that God is already and is going to do something amazing. Man, all of you are making a difference the fact that you are here in this community, you're making a difference. But I want to encourage you, don't, don't just come in and go out and come in and go out. Actually get involved. Actually get part, get really part of what God is doing here. and Really get your roots down, if you know what I mean. And there's one more group of people I want to chat to. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're online and you're here and someone shared the link with you and you joined, but you don't know Jesus or I really felt that in the first service, in the worship, that, that there was going to be some people here today, and you're kind of like, you're like, I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> like, maybe you kind of just drove past and you came in. Maybe you just kind of, maybe someone pulled you in, or you kind of just felt like you needed to get back to church, but you, don't really, you didn't really know why. I think this is why right here. I think why is because we're all designed to do life in relationship with others. But first of all, life in relationship with God. We're all designed to know our creator. And we, we never find true fulfillment. And, and, and life doesn't really completely make sense until we know why we're created. And we know why we're created when we know our creator, God, Jesus. And so this morning, I wanna give you an opportunity to come to know him. I wanna give you an opportunity to, to pray a prayer. 
A prayer is just like a flash word. That means talking to Jesus, talking to God. And uh, you know, the truth is that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He made you, designed you. But there's this thing called sin or the mistakes, the mess ups we make. It's what separate us from God. But the good news is that Jesus paid the price for our sin. He died a criminal's death on a cross so that, that we could know Him, that we could find freedom. And if we, we would turn our life from the way we're living and, and turn toward Him, the Bible says that we'll be born again, made new. Not only will we spend eternity in heaven with Him, not only will our sins be forgiven, but we can actually have a relation with God right here on earth. I think that's just amazing. And so I'm just gonna ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their head and everyone online as well. I wanna pray a really simple prayer. And if that's you this morning and you wanna invite Jesus into your life, why don't you pray this prayer along with me? Say these words, say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Today, Jesus, I ask that you come into my life that you'd make me new. Today I choose to follow you. Would you be my Lord? Or would you be my Savior? In Jesus' name. And while eyes are still closed and heads are still bowed, I'd love to pray a prayer with you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. And online there's a button that's gonna come up that says, I raise my hand. And, and if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm gonna, I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, I want you to pop your hand up nice and high so that I know who I'm praying for. Once you put your hand up, I'll acknowledge it and you can put it back down. And I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing on you. So that's you. I'm gonna count to three. And when you raise your hand, one, two, three. Hands going up now saying, I said yes to Jesus. He was said, I prayed that prayer. I invited God into my life. Awesome, I see that hand on the left. Thank you. You can put it back down. Anybody else saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus into my life. I'd love to pray a prayer with you online. Online, I see the hand. Awesome, thank you. Let's pray together. But I just, I thank you, Jesus, for those people who have chosen to follow you. I thank you that your word says that the old is gone and the new has come. Today is a clean slate, a fresh start. God, I pray that you'd come into the world, that you'd become real to them. God, you'd reveal yourself to them, show yourself to them, bring people around them, God, that are gonna encourage them, that are gonna help do life with them, that are gonna carry them through. God, would, as they read the Bible, God, would it come alive to them? Would it make sense to them, God? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz